0: What's good? This is Cheats, and we are at Health Warrior in Scott's edition for the fourth edition of The Table. This is RVA, Politics as Usual, Part 2. If you were with us last week, you would have listened to the podcast and and understand that we talked a lot about Richmond issues as they relate to local elections on November 8th. Um, We're going to do that again with a new and exciting group, so I'm very excited to welcome Rachel Todd. John, Giles, Michael, Daron, and Farrah to the table. So welcome. Uh, I just want to jump right in and piggyback. We had some really great discussion about issues that are important to Richmonders and how the candidates for local office, whether that's city council, school board, or mayor, are actually speaking to or not speaking to the issues that concern you and your, and your community. Uh, whether that's in the Richmond City or the Richmond region in general. I'm going to start with Michael um, because I know that you're a resident uh, of the kind of, I guess it's the upper fan museum district area. It's a museum district area. And we've heard a lot about uh, things like education. We've heard a lot about, uh, basically education, but we've heard a lot about education, some public safety, again, education. Uh, But... I say that jokingly, but tell me, as you've lived in Richmond for, for a while now and you've gone around your community, when, you, when it comes to voting in these, whether it's city council, school board, or mayor, what is the issue that you're looking for that you want to hear addressed first, and are there candidates addressing that issue?
1: Uh, I think they all, I mean, what I hear from most of the candidates that I've spoken to directly or indirectly, I've um, been listening to the uh, debates uh, on, on, on the, the last couple that were aired. A lot of them talk about education and poverty in, in Richmond and I think that once they become mayor, it's not addressed. And I uh, thought about Jack Berry for that reason, uh, running for mayor, but I think he's gonna be more of the same yeah. uh, for Richmond. I think the only chance that Richmond has right now possibly that wouldn't be more of the same would be Lavar Stoney. We need somebody young, we need to clean house at City Hall, we need to clean house at, with the school board, we need to, we need a, a fresh new blood here. One important thing when it, as it comes to education, and that means on a, education on a, a, a preschool and regular elementary school level, but retaining these college kids that come here, they get their education. I do talks at BCU all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's no set sign of retention. These kids graduate and take these incredible educations to other cities. Mm-hmm. And Richmond is bleeding them every year and they don't want to stay here because it is one step up from Detroit. So you think you get it, job? Wow. I would say,
2: I mean, I got out of Richmond, got out college in 94, mm-hmm. and all my friends left. I left. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have dribbled back from other cities, like Boston or New York um, or wherever. I mean, Richmond's, if you'd said Richmond was a step up from Detroit in 94, 95, 97, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, I think we've turned a corner in a lot of ways. Um, have you been in Detroit lately? I haven't. Um, it, it's...
1: I mean, I was in New Orleans for some years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Detroit has definitely moved up. It's mm-hmm. definitely doing, some, uh, there's some uh, incredible activism going on there, but it's still politicians getting in the way. And that's what's exactly happening in Richmond. Mm-hmm. So your,
3: your comment about poverty being forgotten is, is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I appreciate a, a, a nice study on the state of poverty, um, as a driver for some kind of action that can take place, it's, it's a document that sits. It's an important document, but it's a document that sits. Mm-hmm. So I wonder for you, what are you looking for as a solution to poverty? You say it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. What would you want to see the, the city do to address
1: the, the legacy of, of poverty that we have? Well, one of Underground Kitchens' efforts and what we did, we were non- part of our business is now a nonprofit, and we are fighting food deserts, yeah. and we are working with national chains around the country to get food in the, ha- in the neighborhoods, what they don't have access to anymore. Yeah, That's poverty. Oh,
0: so I, well, go ahead. Uh, well, but I, I, I want to actually, because that's an important issue that that was brought up, and that's one thing, if I was talking about, if if there was something that I don't think is talked about enough, is food access. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I know that uh, both Michael and Duran and, and a lot of you around the table have... Um, <coughs> real passion about food access and, and pockets of poverty in the city mm-hmm. I do want to ask because I think this is important uh, are the candidates addressing do they do they have plans to address that, that you are aware of to address? kind of food access and only, as a way to kind of help with the poverty the only, issue? The only candidate that even has, has even, that was, it's
4: funny because I was reading something that Jack Berry put out and he said business deserts. So I was like, does he mean food deserts? <laughs> I don't know, but um, the only guy that really represented it was Bilal's, you know, like overtly like speaking to it. And his role on city council has been pivotal in support of the food access conversation. And to speak to the piece about poverty, like, you know, I, don't, I, I have qualms with, like, the Jones administration, you know, but for, you know, their legacy, you know, the Community Wealth Building, the Office of Community mm-hmm. Wealth Building is a legitimate, like, innovative structure to put something in place that really speaks to, you know, empowering empowering. The citizenry, I, um, I was on the Food Policy Task Force while I was working at social services. I went from the Food Policy Task Force to the Citizens Advisory Board. And, you know, that little city citizen advisory board, even though they already knew what they wanted to do before they brought us into the room, you know, <laughs> we, you know I was able to, like, push back on some of the budgetary recommendations. Um, they had a whole piece in there about social entrepreneurship. And the guy, um, Andreas Addison. I'll speak your name, Andreas. Like, <laughs> he's running. He's running. Yes. Yeah, Andreas is running. Andreas was at my home. A- Andreas <laughs> was pushing. Andreas, like no shade. You was he was pushing for boy. a consultant to be brought in from like somewhere this fellow to come in and do a thing on social entrepreneurship and it was like, hell no, bruh. Like we need somebody locally that understands the dynamics of the city, that understands the history, that has relationships, that can kind of navigate like, you know, a real ground up approach to social entrepreneurship. We push back, push back, like, you know, uh, I think it was like 500000 that was budgeted for that. I was like, you know, take that 500000 put it to somebody locally hired, and use that money, you know, to create some sort of innovative effort. So um, because we pushed back, well, because I pushed back and everybody else kind of like, oh, yeah, you're right, um, they, they ended up um, keeping it a local hire. Mm-hmm. And so Yvette Roots, who's mm-hmm. now the um, social entrepreneurship specialist, mm-hmm. came on and now she just opened up the um, Conrad Center as a culinary arts, you know, school across the street from the jail. So this is a legitimate, mm-hmm. like, so trajectory, sh- so and let me that's a byproduct let me ask of the you something,
0: and I wanna bring it, um, bring it over this side as well, because you gave an example of an issue that, a, a city issue, so Mayor Jones and his administration uh, uh, built, built this task force and they had these suggestions, and you gave a great example, Duran, of people listening, right? Even yeah. if people didn't want to do that, but there was a understanding of people listening to the citizens that were hired or appointed, appointed and then made a kind of follow through on a change that actually made some difference. One of the things that concerns me, um, and I'll, I'll bring Rachel and Fair and Giles in as well, one of the things that concerned me is. Um there, is there uh, candidates that we feel will listen to the suggestions of citizens and then adjust their leadership style to actually have a return on investment? One of the things that Michael said and, I, and, and it's been a theme that I've heard is that, well, it doesn't matter who we vote for because nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. But that that idea is that the people that you elect really aren't listening to what you're saying and making adjustments based off of that. Well, I'm just I'm throw this in there. You know, y'all can you know please yeah. let somebody say I'm wrong. But the way
4: that I've seen the city government operate is that they don't have innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, they see what's going on and then they kind of like, okay, we're gonna pull this, we're gonna pull this, and then we're gonna kind of push this out there. I, I haven't seen you know, like, original thought from the uh, figureheads, you know what I mean? So, you, you know, you get hiring, you know, the mayor, or what have you. It's really, honestly, I'm more concerned about who's running for city council mm-hmm. than I am, like, you know, well, the, I, the I mayor, know. and whether or not that mayor is going to work for, work with the city council to make things. I think a big
1: problem in Richmond is cronyism as well, because I think that a lot of these people get in these positions, and they had buddies and people who really aren't qualified or experienced enough to bring to this city what needs to be here.
0: Is that Around the room, is that really... Uh, do you think that's really a problem in regards to... Because you hear that in every election, like fraud, waste, and cronyism. Mm-hmm. Do we really... Like, when you're looking at, at, at local Richmond kind of spectrum of government, do we really... Do, is, is that something that resonates with you? Do you think there's kind of a... Um, Buddy yeah, I, not, I don't know if it's a buddy system, but just like when you say cronyism, it's like almost like a fraud it's buddy a little, system. It's a, right? bit
3: of, it's a little bit of um, isolation of power, uh-huh. isolation of resources, and money. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the candidates that can secure the money to run, that's going to isolate some of the voices you're going to hear running for different campaigns. Mm-hmm. So while it might not be you have this job and position in, in, in government, it's more about well, who's actually on the list of people who can run. Mm-hmm. Right, so you mentioned mm-hmm. someone like Andreas. well he's running against a person who has more resources just because of the people that he's known, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. But you have someone who's worked in the office who had innovative ideas and left the office because he could not execute on those. Right. So I would disagree a little bit. I think there are smart, innovative people that work in city government. Mm-hmm.
1: But do we give them space to actually act on those ideas? I don't know how it works with them, but I've worked with the city of Richmond trying to do different projects. Mm-hmm. And, and you couldn't get them done. I quit.
3: Right, and so most of us, what we've done We have our organizations, we have our volunteer efforts. That's how we take action. That's how we make differences when we can't rely on the government to do it for us.
5: Well, I think that that points to the bigger problem that right now the city and city hall just isn't functioning right. And so I think before we can step into trying to do these innovative projects that we need a system that operates efficiently and effectively, and I think... You know, we need to be able to pay bills on time, you know, as a small business that has had to deal with the city, having to go to city hall five times to get a business license is absurd Mm -hmm. and unacceptable or to get a check. (laughs) I'm mean, i not going to I have stories about hundreds of thousands of dollars being owed, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. And so those are the things that have to be addressed first. And then I think once those start to happen, then we can take the next step. Of and I think, the so
0: this is great. It's, it's interesting because when Mike when Michael started, he said, um, you're talking about kind of ground-swiping change, and he thought LaVar is the only candidate that can bring uh, that type of change to City Hall. Yeah. When you're Rachel, you're talking about core competency core right?
5: competency and
0: and, yeah. and in in that way we've talked about candidates like Jack Berry or John Blyles or someone yeah. that has I bought that up last week and the issue was the the the, the response I got was it's not really an either or cuz i i framed it as an either or are you looking for core competency or looking for big vision and i think you know what i heard was there's got to be a little bit of both right yeah
5: and i think you know to address your comment early on and I, I mean i'll put it out there i'm a jack berry supporter mm-hmm. but you know the thing that worries me about lavar is that like we need someone who's going to clean house and doesn't care if he's going to upset somebody who might have power whereas i worry that lavar being young and being on a political tra- trajectory i mean he's already made deals to say if you do this for me you can have this position and is going to continue to do things like that to get kind of, trade I think, Jack has I think made that the same, Jack...
1: I think Jack has made the same deals. But and Jack
5: hasn't made any deals, and... I
1: think, I think they all made deals, and I think that's probably how it all happens in the sound. Um, yeah. Jack is, to me, more the same, because he's been working under this administration, and financed by this administration, uh, by the current administration, mm-hmm. and I just, I'm not, in, I'm not, I'm yeah. not impressed.
0: Not impressed. Interesting. Oh, did you have something to say, jokes or no? go. go for it. <laughs> no, no, I was. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was you know what you say?
6: Well, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and.
0: Yeah, like, jump in. Just
6: say A couple of things. One, I think there are many, many innovative people working at the city of Bristol right now. I work with the city constantly. I think there's a lot of talent. I think the city is completely bogged down by um, aging systems, mm-hmm. which you made reference to. Rapids and um, yes. the business licensure system and yeah. room 110 or is it 101 uh. I forget <laughs> but anyway it's so I I um I take issue with the clean house thing I take issue with Lavar's statement that he's got to do this top down um evaluation of all the staff members I think in a in a big way that's going to waste a lot of time mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that you completely give everybody a pass and say we're moving on. I think you set expectations for each department. And I think for all the innovative ideas that have um, gone on, I was jotting some of them down, Maggie Walker Land Trust, BRT, the Mm -hmm. Main Street Station Shed, whatever you think about it, that's an amazing piece of infrastructure that's Mm -hmm. gonna be Mm multi-use. 17th Street Market getting completely redone, um, working on the high-speed rail, um, I could go on. Um, I, I will also own that I am a grant recipient of the City of Richmond, so I receive a certain amount of money every year. And I work with someone who's extremely competent, and she... Um, Lasharn Benton. Shout yeah. out to Lasharn. Um, yeah, so anyway, I think there's a lot of talent, and I don't think it's about Jack or Lavar. Um, I certainly or John or Michelle or Joe. No one's bought up Joe. Yeah, Joe's Lee. Yeah. Anyway, so what I, here's what I think it's about, though. I, I think it's about listening, which we talked about. And um, in urban planning, which is my background, we call it asset mapping. I think all these communities have done so much in the way of planning, identifying their assets, talking about capacity building. I think our mayoral candidates need to do that. I think they don't know the strengths that are in these communities. Um, I think they've spent some time in some of them. As You say, why is
0: that? Why do you, why do you think they don't know? Because they, they haven't Cause been...
6: Because I think they're jockeying for position, which does not involve listening to the people that make up your city's population, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It involves listening to people who are going to get you into power. Sometimes it involves giving lip service to people that um, might help advocate for you. Um but anyway, I, your point about the Latino population expanding in the south sure. side, there's just amazing capacity in, in that population. Their their indicators, their social indicators or their economic and education indicators are really off the charts in, ter- in terms of their achievement in schools. Mm. There's a really wonderful book called Latinos in Dixie, and it explains how well that population is doing I don't know where the work ethic is coming in. I mean, I think there are different ways of explaining that. But um, I think the point is they're not being engaged necessarily in planning, in politics, um, in in so many of the things that we talk about in the city. And that's just one instance of, um, I don't know, mayoral candidates or sort of mainstream Richmonders overlooking our own assets. Mm. I used to be worried about this tale of two cities, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Like, basically, a black city and a white city. Obviously, I'm white. I was raised in a fairly white environment. Can yeah. I ask
0: that? How many people would agree? Because you hear that a lot. How many people agree with the tale of two cities commentary? Mm-hmm. So, oh, but, go then, ahead, go ahead. but
6: then, meanwhile, we got this enormous Latino population. Like, we mm. are now this pre-emergent gateway for Latinos and I think that, like... I think that's wonderful if we create a context where people are dialoguing and talking to each other. And I think mayoral candidates need to make that an example. Getting way back to your first question, sure. nobody is providing the detail on how they're working with their community partners. I think John Belal's to a certain extent, but I listen to these debates, and I'm like, Jack, why didn't you mention that group? And Lavar, why didn't you mention this group? I know you guys know these people, but you're acting like it's all on you. What I want to hear is, How are these candidates using the connections that they have in this city to elevate the entire city?
0: And to that point, one of the things that uh, my good buddy Farah mentions to me is what about the Muslim community? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we we talk, we we tend to look at Richmond as white and black all all the time. And like I said, we had an eye-opening session (coughs) on episode two uh, at the Sacred Heart Center about the Latino community. But I know... uh, have you had it yet, for? I know you're doing a meet-and-greet uh, just to, ha- to introduce people to the Muslim community. Are, as the, your, your, uh, your background is interesting in itself as, as someone that's come to Richmond um, and obviously now uh, is in in the Muslim community, but also in the community in general. Um, but I don't hear any candidates talk about, when we talk about the Latino community, very rarely, but I don't hear anyone talk about the Muslim community. Is there...
2: Percentage of Richmond that is Muslim? I mean,
7: that's a really good question. And the number of Muslims living in the city are, is actually small, and uh, there's a reason for that. It's because they don't feel, you know, uh, represented here. They don't mm-hmm. feel that they have a place. Um, they live out in Henrico, Glen Allen, Ashland, okay. so they live out in the counties mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting, actually planning the meet and greet. Um, I actually planned it for Jack Barry. He was the only person who asked to meet them. Um, he is in, in, it, I, I, I realize a number of things. One of, number one, the Muslim community in itself in and of itself is, is divided. But I think that also um, living in Richmond is not attractive to them at all. Uh, and, and we know what Richmond has, and it's amazing and I'm, it, it surprises me that they feel this way. Um, and I remember at the very first, or not the first, but one of the mayoral debates, the one of the VMFA, I asked each of the candidates what they thought and what their interaction was with the immigrant community and, the, um, and, and also the Muslim community. The, um, like John Belial had made a reference to um, a gallery he attended 10 years ago for the Lost Boys of Sudan. Mm-hmm. So something high profile, something art related, something that, like through his, per- his perspective. Um, And Lavar made reference to the Latino community because he has a connection there. But Lavar is really interesting to me because he has staff who are Muslim, like he has hired people who are Muslim on his staff. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I I thought it was a really, that was a good thing for our community. uh, Jack is also really interesting because he has immigrants on his staff um, in leadership positions. I worked with Jack when we worked on TEDxRVA, and uh, he gave me a leadership position. He didn't have to. He didn't feel like that he would gain nothing from doing that, but um, he just kind of—he's the type of person who, uh, um, like, just figures out who, who's doing the work, who's who's taking the the. Um, event forward and he uh, lets them do their work like he doesn't interfere in that sense and it's really interesting that Duran is here (laughs) because I remember when um, when I was trying to get Duran to speak at our event and he did an amazing talk about food deserts and the situation in Richmond Um, I told him like do you understand that Venture Richmond is our fiscal agent and we are under their umbrella and I really like Duran's response to me. He said, "I understand that. I get it." But he had a message, you know, a much bigger message to share. And I and I feel like, oh yeah, oh, in the car. <laughs> we were in the car. We were in the car, and I was dropping him off home or something. I don't know what was going on. And oh, and we were, and it was such an interesting conversation because um, it kind of takes everything a level above. Kind of like to what you're saying. Like, what are the issues? Are you listening to what we're trying to say? Like, um, or is it? Are you doing the? Are you? Um, <clears throat> is everything you're doing in order to reach a certain position mm. or to get yourself in a certain place or are you doing it because you have a message to share because you want to pull people in to share their message mm. you know
0: well with that said can, I'll bring up like I can bring up the elephant in the room because I'm the host of this episode <laughs> um Morris? because it's no it, yeah it's got. I mean Morrissey is leading yeah and every poll that we've had... Now, they're granted, there's like 40% on this But jump... <laughs> right. No, no, no. But, but th- this is a good question about... Pharaoh uh, kind of triggered my, um, my thought here in the sense of... Are you doing this because you really want to make a difference and help people? Or are mm-hmm. you doing this because you have some default sense of you need to be in leadership and lead people? And I, I just... I don't know Joe Morrissey enough, even though he's been a Richmond figure for a very long time. I don't know him enough to truly—I think I know his motivation, but that would be making assumptions. I don't know him enough to believe his motivations in a lot of ways. And so um, he's winning, right? He's running in all the polls. He probably Right now, and if election was held today, he'd probably win on Election Day with 6 and a 9 and I don't necessarily know like, what his core beliefs are in helping people. If, if we're here talking about the
2: candidates, I, I missed the last one, so I don't know. Um, in the 10, 12 people you've had,
0: have any of them been Morrissey supporters? There's been, there's been some pro-Morrissey sentiment at the table. Right. Overwhelmingly, I would say that they're not Morrissey supporters. Right. But, again, I'm trying to... There's a large segment of Richmonders that obviously are going to support, uh, support Joe, I, and I, I I'm trying to, yeah. What, what I've seen is
3: this value of what Joe has done, right? There's a lot of looking backwards, and, and I've spent time with him. I've spent time with people who support him, and what I hear is this is what Joe has done for us. So we should support him. What has he done? What has he done? That's right. And I so learned. it's 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 his advocacy as, as a lawyer. And so yeah. they were able to call Joe, and Joe right. was able to go, and he would he would do the case, and he didn't he didn't have to pay for it. Like he would do things for people, and that's the value that's out there. It's interesting to me the split across race, right? Mm-hmm. So I, it's yeah. it's so interesting for me to see that there's more black and brown support for Joe, but and look at Jack, and it's not, and they got and then we got the bar. And so, but it's also split. a city split. If you look at the districts of the day, you can kind of draw a line oh, yeah. in the middle, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see Joe's up here at the top, and Jack's down here at the bottom. And so um, when I think about how you unite a city and set a vision for a city, you can't do that just based upon what you've done,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? And so I get a little bit of sense of, from Jack, who I support, of I want to clean it up, but I see a little bit of forwardness from mm-hmm. him. But it's just more about efficiency. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the forwardness from from Joe. Like, I hear you want to fight, and I hear you want to do for the people, but I, I don't have that, well, tell me what the city's going to look like. What
1: vision are you casting for what us? What scares me about Joe Morris, and <coughs> what I've heard about him, is just his reputation uh, with young people. Bridgman yeah. um, doesn't need another wrench in our tank. You know, uh, just the child molest thing mm-hmm. that went down, and what I've heard from other but people are forgetting. forgetting that. I'm. I'm not. That's, that's
6: the a big, thing, I'm, I'm not. The other thing that people are forgetting all the time is he's
1: <laughs>
3: been not. barred
6: several times and he's been abusive. He.
3: But my, why? My buddy, so why? Why is it all of that? There, we have so much data that
0: I think he goes back to what you said. But I think it's the past. They, we talked about this a little bit um, last week in regards to what people identify with.
1: And I think Richmond that, will be the laughingstock of the country if Joe Morrissey becomes mayor here.
0: But here's here's my question in regards to, and I want to go back to issues in the sense of, I don't want to ignore the character part because I do think it's a very big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to um, try to bring it back to that identity piece. And obviously, like I said, there's a large sector of Morrissey voters that say that they identify with Joe. They've seen him in those communities not on election time, mm-hmm. uh, doing things that were they, that he for whatever reason yeah. uh, had no reason to do. Scoping out their daughters. Yeah, exactly. oh. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but no, but I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna, no. I wanna I, ask. Can't ignore
7: that no, you can't you
0: can't you cannot chase over what that image is gonna be. I, I just my, I don't want to ignore it. I just want to try to figure out um, <clears throat> is it all identity or is there any issues in regards to like so Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah.
4: alright so this is the deal. Nobody is going into urban communities and talking.
7: This
4: is the deal. You know what I'm saying? Nobody is That's going to right. be doing well, that. Well, mostly. Jack, Michelle is. Michelle- no, say, I take Michelle's got to Michelle- be going nuts. It's the Michelle- second Michelle- week in a row. Michelle's yeah. doing it. Michelle's doing it, but she's the only one. And so, Rick. you know, you got LaVar, you got Jack, you got John, you know, you got Lawrence, um, Mr. Williams, um, who's you know, so all these people like you know talking about they're they want to do right by the city, but when it comes down to actually going into the community, and there's so many uh, out there's so many pipelines that you can get to you know these constituents that you know are, um, for lack of a better word, just underrepresented, don't have you know. anyone representing them or have anybody listening
1: to them. And Michelle has baggage too. I mean, she's gone bankrupt twice.
0: Right. So how's she, she
1: gonna run the city? We have a budget problem at the city hall right now. But
6: she, can, I mean, she's gonna have the CAO's assistance doing that. I think going right. bankrupt as a business owner, I could see that, yeah, that happening. Happens. I mean, that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And actually it shows that she's probably like gained some knowledge, you know? Right. I think that's kind of a cheap shot to be honest. I, I mean, I, I understand why people are saying that because you have to be able to manage a business but her job primarily will be working with others if, you know... If but you're still managing
1: working. a multi-million I mean, million dollar city. I mean,
0: here's the thing. There's a, a national candidate that beat out 17 other Republican <laughs> national candidates and has gone bankrupt a million times. But okay. it's, it's but, the thing, it
4: goes back to people speaking to their base. Right. You know? Exactly. And so when you, get, when you get a Jack and you got a John, they're just talking to the people that they know they got. You know, and when we talk about bringing the city together, like nobody really is addressing that elephant in the room or the tail of the two cities. Like they might send an email right. that speaks to it, but like literally like, y'all wanna hold a forum on poverty, y'all wanna right. dialogue yeah. with the people Chapter about poverty. Children. They're not gonna, they're not doing that. And that's, and that's, that's problematic because it's indicative of, that's how Richmond has always rolled. You know what I mean? That's, it's, it's, there is a certain, you know, cohort of mainstream Richmond that is like, you know, that poverty shit, it'll take care of itself.
2: You, you drive know? right
6: by it. How do, how, do you, how do you
4: break through that job? Oh, I didn't want to,
2: I mean, go, go. his point about nobody's it directly super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but i say that's where LeVar running second across the city is meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is kind of, you know, he's not winning, South, he's not winning North and East, but he's kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, but to go back a second, and talk about the Mosby, you know, in, uh, in the community, or I've seen Lavar signs in, in, in Mosby Court. I mean, I, I know he's getting out there, but man, they're coming in you know, decades after after uh, right. Morrissey. I mean, mm. they didn't get out, but they never got up. They could have been there like yeah last year. Um, year
0: two things, <laughs> and this has been brought up a lot, so I don't think it's it's something. That I think that it's on people's mind. I think there's a concern about Lavar in general that he's not a sticker. Like, say, for example, if he doesn't win this out on a November 8th, there's a concern that Lavar leaves November 9th, and he may not, may not be in mm-hmm. Richmond ever again. Right. And that, that's a concern for people that he may not
6: be. If Joe wins, a lot of people might leave.
0: Right, right, right. That's no, a good <laughs> point. A good I'm point. Not gonna
6: I'm point. I'm
2: I've up, right? I'm I'm applied for jobs I didn't get. And <laughs> sure. went somewhere else. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for a man that I feel, I don't, or you know, talking about his ambition, to right. uh, eventually end up somewhere else, I don't see those as slights, you know? I understand. Um,
7: like, he'll have to do a good job. Yeah, yeah, he I love if he wants job.
0: to do well, he's got to, you know, to do well. Yeah. I, I love think.
1: Richmond, but I've considered in these last seven years, in fact, we're
0: considering it now, to leave. Yeah. So, back to what you were saying as well. November 9th, right? Election day's over on November 8th. November 9th. How right. confident um, are you that... Whoever is elected can do exactly what you're saying and bring a community together. Oh, I have no confidence. And none. Peace Anyone out. Anyone have confidence um, on November 9th? is elected.
5: I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna something. Thank okay. you, <laughs> hey, Thank you, Rachel. Rachel, yeah. tell tell us. I'm who? a classic millennial.
0: Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> no seriously this is a good point, because I think there's
4: this give us, give a, us hope. <laughs> what, are you basing, what are you basing that on? So you're a Jack Berry rapper, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, what has Venture Richmond? Because when I say when I think Jack Berry, Jack Berry, Venture Richmond, those are interchangeable terms. So, and what, um, what Richmond reality has that been? You know, something that you can was it was that exemplified that part of Jack's energy is like, you know, I'm going to Meade or Afton or Ruffalo Road. And people from that community are gonna
0: be at the table in the Jack Berry mayorship. Like, how does that? You know what? I mean, you know what? I, mean I don't wanna answer for Rachel, but. but no, I, mean, no, no, <laughs> no, I, I can't. No, no, if you're go just throwing it out there. I was just saying, like, uh, saying, The one thing what? I think, the one thing that I will, um, of all the candidates, then I look at them all and I try to follow all of them as much as possible. And the, the one thing I will say about uh, Jack as a person. That I think is impressive to me is, though. Well, there's a couple things about Jack that's impressive, but the people that he hires are extremely impressive. I don't want to call out too many people's names because I don't, you know, they're not here and they don't want to do it. But some of the people that work at Adventure are diverse, mm-hmm. and they're smart, and I think, and and, it's, and, I, and I, but I think it's also the challenges. Uh, like you're saying there there's a benign neglect for south side there's a benign mm. neglect for okay, well, yeah. Yeah, right,
5: I'm going to speak to some of that cuz yeah. all right there's a couple of things here so one venture Richmond is tasked with downtown, downtown. downtown. Right. so there's a reason why there are certain areas that they they aren't focused on right. i mean that's just part of who they are right. but when you think about jack as a person i mean he's so much more than than venture Richmond and He won, and this, so my company did the the latest poll. And I mean, we're a marketing company, we're not a polling company. But one of the issues that really came out was that regionalism was huge in terms of solving a lot of the problems, especially things like transportation and economic development. Um, And when we think about regionalism, I think Jack is going to have the most success at that because he has relationships with all of the county administrators. Um, I mean, he's worked with them all in the past, and he's already been talking to them. They've already expressed that they would be willing to work with him. One, to fix rapids, because I think Henrico has effectively implemented rapids. Um, And so I think that there's a lot of hope in that realm of being able to work across... The, the region, um, and I think that Jack, I mean maybe you've heard this, and I mean he grew up in an environment where his parents were active in civil rights and his mom was the first white teacher in an all-black school and I think that his mindset has always been towards trying to bring people together and I think, I mean he opened an office in the 7th District to try and to be in that neighborhood and get to know the people there. And so I think that that's, I mean, it's one small step, but I think shows movement towards there. Um, And I think that he's the kind of guy that gets it. You know? I just just, just think that... I think
7: what Giles said and something that Free said last week, which really struck a chord with me, was it's not about being that you are the problem solver of everything it's right. about yeah. bringing the right people yeah. in right. and um, I, I kind of agree with you like I do agree with you that Jack has that ability or I think you said it that Jack has the ability to bring in the right people yeah I mean the Richmond Folk Festival really which has like 200,000 attendees 20,000 volunteers it's run by wow. five people mm-hmm. five like badass people it's amazing, yeah. and yeah. it's amazing and yeah. you, this is a, it's a diverse group of people it's not one type of person there's males there's females there's black there's white there's they're super smart like he knows who to Surround himself with. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I will say, um, sorry, this is about Jack again. <laughs> but is that he's a numbers person. Mm-hmm. He's a very much kind of guy. Like he'd sit in the office and, and like he he manages budgets. And I think as part of his venture Richmond, I mean it was his job to support everything in downtown that he had to support. Mm-hmm. But he he gained something from that uh, in terms of experience uh, managing the num- the numbers and the money and, yeah, and he knows where to p- have to do the partnerships and pull in the money etc etc. Mm-hmm. But um, I think on November nine. Right. As long as it's not Joe. I think, like, John brings something unique. You know, LeVar would bring something unique. And Jack would do a phenomenal job,
5: too. But that's,
3: that's any election. A- any time you have um, your population split up, that that's what you do on the night. Yeah, you have to be able to come right. bring people together and say, I yeah.
2: does ever brought us together?"
3: Though I mean, well, here, I like, was say, so, I, so I, there's there's more. So, so history part, history part, history part history. for me as a as a as a churchman resident, an Eastern resident, mm-hmm. I look at decisions that were made that precede me about what the East End was going to be, mm-hmm. and we're living through the legacy of that right now. Mm-hmm. And so the only hope I have is that those of us who are around this table and others can make different decisions so that when my daughter is still in Richmond. Mm-hmm. She can look back and say, "Well, Daddy and his friends made some better choices, so now the life is a little bit better, right?" Right. Right? And so we're dealing with that legacy. So no, we we've never had that kind of united city, and I don't necessarily expect that. What I expect is good leadership, good sound vision, and run the city well. If we can do the basic stuff well, we we can help you do the other things. We can inspire the people. We can connect Mm -hmm. with the people. Give us a little bit of resources. Create a fund over here. Give us a grant over here. Cut the grass. Make sure the trash <laughs> is getting picked up. Right. Get the
1: snow out. Do the
3: basic services.
7: The housing. I
3: think right. Do those things, think, but let the community do I think, yep,
1: I think, list. Yep. I think I'm, I'm seven years in Richmond, and I still don't feel like I like I'm uh, like I'm a Richmonder. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm treated like an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, with 30 years' experience mm-hmm. from around the world, um, we don't feel at home here mm-hmm. in seven years. Mm-hmm. Being an Afro American with a a uh, uh, Caucasian boyfriend who's been together for 11 years and he's a doctor down at BTU. We I've done uh, so many things in town and I'm sure you guys have heard so many yeah, things I've right right done right. I've never and I don't feel like I'm part of this community mm-hmm. I, think gonna I, mean,
0: mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a challenge I mean I think that's going to be a challenge on November 9th mm-hmm. for whoever's elected because I think what what Duran was alluding to I think there is Far more people than we know and say and speak to every day that feel the way about other, whether it's Southside, Richmond, Mm -hmm. or parts, no matter who it is and what topic it is, that they're just not being touched with people that really care about what they care about. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge will be for anyone that's elected across school board, city council, or mayor, is that November 9th, you're going to have to, or six weeks later, if we get to a runoff, right, right, John? um, You're going to have to make some real effort in understanding what all of Richmond knows about, going and communicating with not just the people but the organizations Mm -hmm. and the businesses. One thing that we don't really talk about, and it's very hard to get uh, business leaders around a table like this, is because... Everything that a business leader does in Richmond, they, they may be just outspoken as civic leaders around the room, but it affects their bottom line. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to be a, there's a quiet, you know we're joking around about the disclaimers that these are <laughs> my views. but even with their disclaimers, it's really hard to get top well, business people to go on record and say certain things mm-hmm. about the way that the community looks like.: So I, I got a lot of
1: shareholders together for the bike race last mm-hmm. year and uh, one of, we got every landlord down the Grace Corridor and the Broad Street Corridor to come together at a table and talk about getting shops in there for the bike race. And what they conveyed to me is that every time, and this, this, has, happened, this has happened two or three times over the last 10 or 15 years, the city has let them down. Mm. Mm. And again, with my efforts, the city let them down.
4: Mm. So. So I I just want to say, like, you know, regardless of who gets elected, you know, what I've been understanding more and more is that collaboration is driving change in the city. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, this, you know, governmental, you know, spectrum or what have you, but then there's, like, beneath that there's this undertow that is really what is making Richmond this attractive and beautiful place. It's
0: not an undertow. It's it's
4: actually what's leading the city, right? And so all the government officials do is kind of come in and kind of... Spur that on and then, like throw a little pickle dust on it and make it like spring up a little more, or fertilize it or what have you. But the energy between, you know, entities in the city is what's making everything happen. So, you know, I, I my philosophy is that, you know, regardless of who the fingerhead is, you know, we got a problem, you know, in the city. And, you know, it's important for, you know, all of us at the table and not at this table to, you know, highlight those folks that are doing amazing work signal boost them up so that folks know how to plug in so that you know more of that marvelous stuff can keep happening Mm -hmm. and if we don't do that then we'll always be looking for someone else to come in and sprinkle the fairy dust Mm -hmm. and make it happen but it's not it doesn't work like that communities don't evolve by virtue of just the mayorship or just the city council people. It evolves by the virtue of what the community wants to see happen. And
0: I'll tell you what, and we got to wrap this up, but I'll tell you that's that's exactly why I'm optimistic is because I think that uh, all the things that are happening in the region, I try to say it not just in the Richmond city, but in the Richmond region, are happening uh, really, really, all the things that are happening, I think are happening almost in spite of government. There's some with help right. of government, right. but, if, of what, but what makes me optimistic is if we do get... The right people in leadership positions that will be able to help spur yeah. all of the things that are happening. Then you're doing it in conjunction. Like you, yep. it, you don't have to have uh, you know city hall driving the ship on everything. But we just don't want them to really hurt us, right? right? When we're right. trying to do that's right. That's right. the things that yeah. we need that's to. Right. And I think that's why I'm optimistic because I do think like that right, I, I do think that you have an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Um, that whoever's elected on November 8th, when you're going into November 9th, you've got an opportunity where they can all start to kind of row in the same direction. And I think that's important. I do think that, um, like you were saying, um, whoever's elected isn't going to be everything for everybody, Um, whether it's city council, school board. The region's still going to have a huge problem on November 9th with, You know, making sure that the schools are getting where they need to be, or public safety is getting where they need to be. This communication across all parts of Richmond is where it needs to be. But you have this opportunity to go out, and whether it's for Lavar or Jack or Joe or John or whoever it is, um, you have an opportunity to to be a part of uh, you know plotting out that new course that Tom Ty talked about. So this Uh, is is my asking.
3: Yeah, yeah. My asking you and all of us is. Um, we're having great conversations leading up to the 8th. Mm-hmm. The ninth is going to come, mm-hmm. and we're going to stop talking about some of these things. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose attention on the, on the things that are really important. Mm-hmm. My ask is that we don't stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. You so know me. That's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's, that's for you, but it's for the people listening right? To, right, right, right. right.
3: And, and the accountability that we need to have for our leaders comes because we have these conversations. Yeah. So every engagement that I've done, every, t- every, every group I've spoken before, I've said, it's great we're having this conversation. But it can't just be because there's a race going on. Yeah. I, I feel horrible that that's your experience here in our city. I don't know. I,
1: I don't mean to be negative either. Because but I, love this my city. point is, if we don't talk about that, we yeah, have right. no shot at making it any different. If you need to come to my backyard like Mark did and have martinis and chill. Let's well. do it. Like that, Mark that, did. That's, yeah. where, that's where
0: it really, that's that's, where it really <laughs> goes down. It's on <laughs> us. It's on us. On that note, we're going to have to wrap up episode four. I think everyone, we've got to thank the wonderful people at Health Warrior for letting us have it here. Um, so if any of you are not familiar with Health Warrior, please uh, visit, they're in all the stores. Uh, they're at Chia Bars. Uh, so we want to thank Health Warrior. I uh, want to thank Reza and Jordan for helping us out. And we'll be back at it uh, sooner than later. So thanks. thanks. Yeah.